Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Monkey Doo. Who's on mute? <laughs> Monkey, are you there? Hello, can you hear <laughs> yeah, me? There oh. we go. Yeah, hello, <laughs> Monkey. Hello. Thanks it for joining muted. us. Nothing was muted. I'm going, what is going on here? Everything looks good. But anyway, Monkey down here in the Southeast US being extremely quiet today. Maybe I'm trying to sneak in under the radar. Who knows? A little too quiet. <laughs> I'm telling you, what's he doing out there? He's not saying anything. He's plotting something. Yes, yes. And then we have a bubble. What are you saying, bubble? G'day, guys. Bubble Hawk here from the land of Oz and nope ropes and drop bears and also Quals, the uh, murder birds. Quals, murder birds. Yeah, that's it. And uh, also the host of the brand new show, Two Bowls Deep. We you spamming oh, your show for, bro? We spamming everybody we show? He told me <laughs> to. God. <laughs> yes, man. Good show. Good show. The first show was on 420, on Australia on 420, anyway, wasn't it? It was. It was early, and uh, I'm still waiting <laughs> on a few people. Early. I'm still waiting on people to send me some addresses. So crack on for that, so I can send you your prizes. Yes, and we also have Marge as well. What's up, Marge? I'm doing very well, Marge from Central Canada, and host of everyone's favorite edibles podcast, Bite Me, the show about edibles. Nice. Yes. See, oh. you don't get up her when she plugs her show. No, because she's a professional. Uh, football, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll just go fuck myself, then, shall I? <laughs> uh, shocking! You know it's just banter, everybody. You know it's just banter. Yeah, so make sure you check out everybody's podcast. Are yours, your podcast going uh, on iTunes and stuff like that? Blah blah. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm just going through all of that and working out how to get it all sorted because you've. You've got to work out the whole RSS feed and it's got to be hosted mm-hmm. on a different site first before it can go on a Spotify and all that. When it is up and running, you know, we'll let everybody know and hopefully they'll go and check out your podcast on the download. That'd be cool. Mm. That would be awesome. And what was the name of it again? Sorry. Uh, two Bowls Deep. Two Bowls Deep. I'm looking it up now. Yeah. You'll find it on um, YouTube. Um, yes. I act I may have accidentally while speaking to a sponsor called it two balls deep, but um, I'm sure they'll get the I'll get, they'll get the gist of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, yeah. So thanks for joining us, everybody. It's a uh, Sunday, 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 uh, as it is every Sunday when we do this kind of show, and we're going to be discussing the cannabis news and events, running through some news stories from around the world, some good news this week. Allegedly, we'll find out when we get there. And so, uh, yeah, we definitely tried this week at least. No. Mm-hmm. We try to find some good news, which is very difficult to do nowadays because good news don't get the clicks like the bad news does. So all these news companies, they like to write bad news articles. So you click on it and then it's not really as bad as they make out. They just want you to click clickbait. That's what they call that. Anyway, And then uh, for the grow guys, <laughs> doing something a little bit different. We're going to be having a discussion about uh, artificial intelligence and how it's going to change the cannabis industry. So that's uh, that's the mission for today. So a little bit different for the Grow Guides, but we have uh, some good listener mail questions as well, which we'll be getting to in the Grow Guide section too. So thanks to everybody who sent those in. But don't forget to hit that like button if you haven't done that already. That would be super cool. And don't forget to roll some fat joints. Get super high so we can get on with this episode. You know what I'm saying? 
What are you smoking on this week, monkey? What you got? Uh, Godbud's in the day today, so on to that. Nice. Classic. That's a classic nowadays, isn't it, Godbud? It is. I'm starting to run low. I'm going to have to pop some more beans of that one. Damn. What you got, Bubba? What are you squishing? Um, just the regular today. I'm just on the on the last of my wedding cake as I wait for this blackjack to dry so I can press some more. Nice. And the blackjack was a very successful harvest, I hear. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it was average. We'll we'll call it we'll call it average. <laughs> okay. Let's, no, let's well, call it average. Wasn't wasn't too bad. I um I'm 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 pleased with the with the what came out. So Nice. Um, it'll be it, there'll be a lot for making hash. Um, good quality for making hash, anyway. Nice. Well, you got Marjorie. You just on the edibles today? You smoking? What's the score? Yeah, I got a little bit of lemon Thai Kush mm. in, in my vape, and I have these censored edibles that I might try out. Censored edibles? <laughs> They're legal edible. Mm. I'm trying oh. them out. They're cola penis gummies. So we'll see how oh, those go. Okay, yeah. So oh, censored yeah. edible, censored. Sorry, YouTube. Oh, Marge saying all these terrible <laughs> words. <you know>? Oh, yeah. <laughs> God yeah. damn. Oh. Yeah, man. YouTube's so they... getting worse with their censorship. It's crazy. But it's, sorry, so, but... so, so they're death wangs. Is that what they are? Death <laughs> wangs. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, who was it? Uh, Savans said there something about getting Martha Stewart on your show. Is that yeah, possibility, Martha Stewart and, uh, and and Snoop? Yeah, I'm like that. That would be a dream. I've actually mm. tried to reach out to Martha Stewart before, but surprise, surprise, there's like it's hard to get a hold of her. Man, mm-hmm. it's harder when the the the, <laughs> the more famous a celebrity is, the harder it is to get in touch with. You know that I've been emailing Joe Rogan like at least once a week for the last two fucking years, right? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I would go to his website, go to his contact page, fill out the form. And, you know, there's two forms on there. I'd send it on both. Never, ever got a reply. But this week, and this is where you expected me to say, well, you got a reply? No, I didn't get a reply. Oh, this, week, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> this week, they took the fucking contact form off the website. So now I can't get to it at all. Shit. He's been bothering me, oh, see? No. That's the same thing with trying to get a hold of Martha Stewart. You're like, you're just filling out a contact form. Who knows who it goes to? The mm-hmm. odds that she actually ever sees it is next to nil. Well, there's so. that old trick which I told Chad Westport about a long time ago, where if you're trying to contact a celebrity, go to their website, and if there's no contact page, just, you know, blah, 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 dot com slash contact, press enter. And sometimes you'll get the contact page, but it's just hidden. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I did that this week. I'm trying to get a bunch of new, uh, new interviews in with some authors and things like that. Got some nice ones lined up. But one of those, I couldn't find contact details. So I went to the website, couldn't find a contact page and did the slash contact. Contact page came up. was like, yes, yes, I am a hacker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Hacker vibes. Yeah, so so got a nice interview sorted there. We've got a couple of good ones coming up, man. And we'll, we'll explain that with the Cannabis News. We'll tell you what interviews we've got coming up soon. But some nice ones, man. Some good ones coming up this week. And some good ones yeah. in the past, man. We had an epic one with uh, Mephisto this week. Oh, I was going to say. First ever from Mephisto. Mm-mm. I, I had been hunting them down for the last 12 months. I was sending him emails too. So I, and I, all I used to get back was we don't do interviews because once it's out there, it's out there. And I'm like, okay, makes sense. I'll just keep coming back to you. So I'm glad you finally got them because I knew that'd be an epic one. Yeah, I sat down and listened well. to it the other day. It was really cool. 
Same like really nice blokes. Yeah, yeah they were sure. really nice, man. They just, you know, let them talk. Didn't ask any yeah. nasty questions or anything like that. They actually enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Well, hopefully they'll come back sometime soon. Would be epic. Yes. Good shit. the orders. Well, thanks for joining us. And we had a nice 420 stream the other day and gave away loads and loads of stuff. So uh, one in particular was the one of our YouTube members called uh, Michael P. Uh, if you know who I'm talking about, if that is you who I'm talking to, you won a light the other day, but I don't have any other way to get in touch with you other than trying to give you a shout out on the podcast like this. So if you hear this, get in touch over at postiesgrowroom.com. Sign up, message me. Yes. You want a light. Yeah, you want a light. You want a HLG 100 aspect. And so did Hashimoto as well. So Hashimoto, come on, man, message me. and send this shit out. You have you another three hours before you can't have it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> tick, tick. Tick, tick, motherfuckers. <laughs> but yeah, uh, congratulations wanna, to those guys. Sorry, Bubble. If I want a lot, I'd be sending like a hundred emails. Yeah, well, I don't know what's going yet? on. Is he here yet? Is he here yet? Is he here yet? Exactly. <laughs> oh, there he is. He's changed his name to I'm Sparky. Yeah, there he is. I'll send it to you <laughs> then. I'm Sparky. Right. Nice. Right. <laughs> Please do hurry up and get in touch. You know, I want to either get the set out to you or do the spin again before the end of the month because then we have more lights to give away. And I don't want to have a backlog of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, that's a terrible thing. We got so many lights yeah. have to you know give away. I mean, away. first world problems and shit, man. It's like, we have too many lights. Please, oh, somebody man. take them. Somebody, please come get these lights. We don't know what we're going to do with them all. You know what I'm saying? But yes, thank you to everybody for joining us. I, I need some weed here so I can roll something, but it's all been stolen by the wife. God damn it. <laughs> Stolen? Yeah, yeah. Ah, there it is. There's, there's some cannabis right oh, there. Let's call it appropriated. Uh, I don't think it's stolen. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's, right. that's a much more uh, appropriate word, I think. Yeah, yes. appropriated is the appropriate word. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I'm going to get some of this lemon tree. We'll get that in the mighty before we move on to the cannabis news and events. And just hit that like button, everybody. Make sure you've done that. Share the link to the show if you can, because we're just about to get onto the news and everybody wants to hear about the news, right? Got some fucked up shit from the UK. Oh, that's such a surprise, Mackie. It's unusual to get <laughs> fucked up news from the UK. Yes, I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> when you're when you're searching for your news story, do you just write in like UK news, cannabis, worst possible scenario? Does I just that... <laughs> I think he does, yeah. I, I, I legit, right? I'll type in, uh, I'll go to Google and I'll type in Cannabis News UK and then I'll change the time for the last week because I only want to get up-to-date stories. And it will just be showing me three people busted because Cannabis Farm, the, the doors kicked in, Cannabis Farm, Cannabis Farm, Cannabis Farm. Uh, and when you do actually find something, it's, uh, it's usually shit news. You really can't fucking find any good news. There's no good news about anything here in the UK, never mind about Cannabis. You know, oh, but we have the coronation coming up soon. Hey, who the that. fuck gives a fuck about that? You're seeing all this shit in the shops? Like, <laughs> buy the, this tin of coronation biscuits. It's like, really? Really? Oh, yeah, man. Save them forever. It'll be a collector's item, man. Yay, can't wait. Way. <laughs> if, yeah, if someone doesn't bring you a coronation sausage... <laughs> I lost faith. <laughs> and, and yeah, the alert text as well. We got that today. The uh, the UK government sent out a text to all the phones in the UK, apart from those on three, because you don't have good a uh, good connection apparently. But uh, you know, it was like this is a test for the emergency warning system. 
And it's like, why are we getting this now? First time ever we've had this kind of thing, just testing out this new system. And uh, must be the same people who did track and trace. You know what I'm saying? Because that was a useless piece of shit too. But anyway, <laughs> let's not go on about that. But, but it's like uh, we've had the, lots of threats from Russia lately. Uh, allegedly, you know, you can't really believe what you see on the fucking news. But apparently they're sending ships around the UK, checking out what wires underground. So I could do a little snip, snip and cut off the internet. Shit, fuck with their infrastructure. Mm. This is all happening at the same time that they're sending out this alert text. So let's just make sure this shit works because we might need it soon. <laughs> and we're having a you good got, time. You got you got Elon Musk and Starlink. I'm sure he's will be fine. He send he can send some stuff to you. Shit goes real bad. Yeah, they we'll, start. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. I think yeah. It's, let's not even get into that shit. How many flags have we already hit? We should keep a tally uh, of potential flags. You know, I, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't really even keeping count that time because there was so many you hit there real fast. Mm-hmm. So I was like mm-hmm. probably a dozen and right real fast. Boom, might boom, as well boom, just boom. fucking finish off and say Dylan Mulvaney, right? And- <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if the podcast suddenly goes quiet and the air goes dead, you'll know what happened. You know what I mean? Dylan Mulvaney drinks Bud Light. Yes. <laughs> and with that, everybody, it's definitely time for the cannabis news and events. Let's do it. <laughs> So, yes, we have five stories from around the world this week. We have two from Canada. One of the stories was sent in by one of our listeners. So thank you to, I can't remember who it was, but I'm sure it will come back to me before we get to that news article. But anyway, I think we'll move straight in with the one I have from the UK. You know, get this fucking rant out the way and then we can move on (laughs) for a nice, relaxed evening of high and homegrown. So you might have heard me say many times on the show before, especially when it comes to growing cannabis here in the UK, if they're like, yeah, we're legalized growing now. You just have to put your name on this register and get a license. So, you know, we know we can keep you safe. And I'm like, fuck that. We'll never put my name on any kind of registry because six months later, they'll be like, oh, no, changed our minds now, everybody. And then they have all of your addresses like, oh, he's probably growing. Let's go kick in his door because he's on this list, you know, and then it's just a nice, simple way to get all of the uh, all of the people who grow cannabis and have a nice list of them. Well, as you know, cannabis was legalized in the UK for medicinal use in 2018. And you can now go to the uh, you can go for a consultation with a quote unquote specialist and buy cannabis from them, essentially. And you get part on the register. We'll read through this article now. There's a little warm up to what was going to be said. So uh, this is from Sarah Sinclair, who has been on the show before. She writes for Cannabis Health magazine. Nice lady. Uh, Good interview. So go and check that out if you haven't listened to that interview yet. It was very cool. But we have UK cannabis patients denied access to NHS mental health support. Because, you know, cannabis, it causes psychosis, but it also cures psychosis. They haven't (laughs) made their mind up yet. Uh, A number of patients who are prescribed cannabis medicinally in the UK say they have been denied access to the NHS mental health service. Uh, Despite medical cannabis being legal since November 2018 and prescribed by specialist clinicians, you you know, when I speak like that, just imagine the finger quotation marks because that's where they are. Specialist clinicians. For a range of psychiatric conditions, patients report uh, being labeled as drug addicts and refused help when they have disclosed that they use cannabis medicinally. So, you know, there's there's one bad thing in the first place, being labeled as a drug addict. 
when cannabis is not really addictive. You, you can't really say it's a drug addict thing, but you know, they'll use whatever words they like to meet whatever narrative they want to. Uh, healthcare professionals have also revealed that some patients under the care of legal cannabis clinics are not going, are not getting mental health care they need. In some cases, being left without access to urgent support from crisis teams. Uh, title: Discharged without treatment plans. That's the heading. Um, cannabis activist and podcast host, who we've also had on the show before, Simpacata was diagnosed with depression in his teens and was prescribed a number of selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, medications until his early 20s, all of which he says failed to manage his symptoms of anxiety and depression effectively. For the last decade, since relying solely on cannabis to treat his symptoms and being open with the doctors about his consumption, he claims he has been unable to access any consistent mental health support through the NHS. And he says, I have tried a plethora. That's the kind of word simple would use. So. <laughs> I tried a plethora of different pharmaceutical drugs of my lifetime for various ailments and conditions. I have never found the relief that cannabis gives me every day, says Simpa. I, all, I was always honest with any physician about the fact I took drugs. It's not something I felt I needed to hide. Doctors always saw my drug use as a symptom as part of the problem rather than something that could be potentially helping it. This is what we find in the UK. You know, we have this mind altering super skunk here in the UK. uh, (laughs) If you're all sorts of psychotic conditions or it might fix them, they still haven't decided. He adds, I am now approaching the midpoint of my thirties and have been asking for support since my teens, having been constantly bounced from pillar to post to a number of different organizations during the smoke, everybody, COVID-19 pandemic, like many others, that's another flag as well, like many others, Simpa's mental health declined to a point where he felt he has to access some professional support. After being diagnosed with ADHD, he felt forced into obtaining legal prescription for cannabis, hoping this would legitimize his preferred choice of treatment. And he has got a video series on this over on his channel where he discusses his, uh, he had no other option essentially, but to go and sign up for the legal cannabis program in the UK. And he uh, he talks people through it as well and what he thinks about it. It's a, it's a good video. Go and check it out. Uh, but even when legally prescribed cannabis for his depression, Simper says he was refused treatment through the NHS. The NHS does not accept that there is any such thing as use of a drug. All use is abuse. They don't acknowledge that they may be some benefit to what they are doing, he continues. My doctor more or less accused me of gaming the system to get access to cannabis because of the, of my history of depression. They said I couldn't be prescribed stimulants for ADHD because of the drug contradictions or contrain dick say what the fuck word is that? Contraindications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contraindications. That's the one, Marge. That's the one. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I learned so much on this show. <laughs> and I was discharged from the service. I have no treatment options unless I take one of their medications. Uh, being unable to access any mental health support has had a significant impact on Simba's life. I want to be a contributing member of society, he says. And you are, Simba. You are, don't worry. Uh, just not in the way that they want. It's frustrating and heartbreaking because all I'm doing is being truthful. And this is the problem. 
can you really be truthful with your doctor under these conditions? You know, when they're going to treat you in a detrimental way, a way that's not going to be beneficial to you, then can you really, uh, because you, I mean, you say monkey in, in the US there, if you tell your doctor about your cannabis use, they are not allowed to tell the the authorities, mm -hmm. right? Right. That's, that's your personal information there. And you're right. That's protected by law in, in the States. Mm-hmm. But we have another lady here as well uh, in the same article says criminology student Ella Walsh has used cannabis medicinally for a number of years to manage chronic migraines. Like Simper, she tried many different pharmaceutical medications and experienced debilitating side effects from the age of 10 to 18 uh, when she began to taper off them to treat her symptoms with cannabis. She says, as an adult, uh, as I became an adult, I decided to take up some autonomy of my health and start using cannabis instead, she explains. I realized that I was able to manage my migraines pretty well. I was not only able to prevent them through cannabis use, but could treat them when they did come on. So six years later, Ella visited her GP for some help with the symptoms of PTSD, which were becoming more pervasive. After being referred to her local mental health services team, she was told they couldn't help her as she was sent to abstinence counseling instead. So stop taking the only thing that works, you degenerate mm -hmm. drug addict. You know, <laughs> thanks, Doc. You know, and you know, it goes on like this, and it's just a, a shitload of bullshit right there. But this is where the most concerning part comes in is referrals to social services is the heading. Simper and Ella's stories are seemingly not uncommon. Their experiences are echoed by the health professionals in the medical cannabis sector. Emma Donahue, I think that's Donahue, it might be Donahue, D-O-N-O-G-U-E, is a clinical director from Counteraj Clinic, which prescribes medical cannabis privately in the UK. She told Cannabis Health about occasions when the clinic has had to step in to advocate on behalf of the patients who had been refused help with their mental health. One patient, this is in quotation marks, one patient had several referrals made to the mental health team, including one from a paramedic, she says. He told us that the service knocked him back on the basis that he's been using medical cannabis. We offered to speak to that service and talk through what legal cannabis prescriptions look like to reassure them about the medical supervision and risk assessment, but they didn't come back to us. She reports another instance when a patient called her local crisis team for support and was referred to social services when she, when she told them about her cannabis prescription. This is a quote. Uh, she told them her medication didn't work, but had the prescription for cannabis-based medicine. The interpretation was that she there was a child protection issue, says Emma. In the end, there was no further action taken, but her and her family had to go through the stress of it because they had pegged her as a substance abuser. Wow. So, yeah, this article continues, and you can go and read it over on Cannabis Health Magazine to get all of the, uh, the gory details. But essentially... These people who have signed up as legal medical cannabis users, they've gone all the legitimate routes which you're expected to do, you know, which the government expects you to do. You have to go get your consultation. You have to pay for it. It comes in the post. It gets prescribed to you by a fucking doctor. And then when a certain branch of the health industry will find out about it, you can be sent to social services and have your children taken away from you. And this is fucking concerning because Mrs. M recently, she became a legal, here's the quotation marks again, a legal cannabis user. You know, she's got the mm -hmm. prescription and she can uh, get cannabis from the doctor now. But if she tells 
uh, a member of the the NHS. You know, maybe she if she goes to hospital or something because she hurts her ankle while she's walking or something. It's like yeah, use cannabis for pain. It's like <gasps> quick social services, but she's a legal user. She's been prescribed this medicine by a doctor, and there might be many listeners of this show in the same position where you have been legally prescribed this medicine by a doctor, and you've jumped all through the necessary fucking hoops the hoops that are on fire like at the circus and the dogs are jumping through it you know what i'm saying that's you you're that dog man and you fucking jump for all these hoops you didn't get burned once and you've got your fucking weed you've got the medicine you need and they're like no you are still a degenerate drug user and we are going to take your children off you because this is a child safety concern welcome to the motherfucking uk motherfuckers doesn't that kind of put your patients a little bit in jeopardy, though? I mean, we've uh, I've said it before. They don't give still, a shit, bro. They don't I still give a agree. Shit. If you're taking cannabis as medicine, your doctor needs to know this so you don't have any drug interaction issues. Yeah. yeah. But if you tell you tell a doctor I'm taking cannabis and you got the, you're taking something that the CBD is going to interact with, now you're causing a problem. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you If you, you tell don't. your doctor that you're using cannabis, they're going to check their pockets to make sure their phone hasn't been stolen. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ridiculous, oh, man. Lord. Even though you've jumped through all the fucking hoops, man. It's like still we're in a position, even though that it's legal for medical use, the government have said our all-knowing, all-seeing government who only ever want to do anything for our own best interest, they have said that we can now have cannabis for medical use as long as you buy it from their friends and not your friend. So you go and buy it from their friends and they still want to fuck you over it. This is a farce, man. Gosh. Gosh. I, I, on, I honestly think there's now, <laughs> yeah, there's a door open here for someone to go through and actually challenge this because... I I don't think that they're allowed to be doing that, bro. To be fair, like this is it, why we left the EU you know, because usually we'd be held under some kind of European Union law. But now we left the EU. Our government isn't bound by them European standards anymore. They can do what the fuck they like. This is one why they want to change the uh, the Human Rights Act here in the UK. So they're not bound to the same rules as they used to be. It's all part of the big scheme. I won't go into conspiracy theory shit, but, you know, it all seems to add up a little bit beneficial for the right people and not beneficial for the people who actually need it. It's a joke, yeah, I, just, I, just, I just didn't think that they were that the doctors were allowed to then go and give other departments your medical history. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems like there's something going on there that shouldn't be. Yeah, like they you don't have I mean? doctor-patient confidentiality in the UK. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, uh, Monkey said they have that in the States. We have that in Canada. Right. We got it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Because scary times. Thing is, a, is a thing. Like you could be taking other medicines that cannabis interferes with, and the doctor should know that mm-hmm. before prescribing mm-hmm. your other stuff. But then, exactly. Next thing you know, you have child protective services at your door or something crazy. Like, Mm-mm. something's wrong here, big time. Yeah. Yep. It's a it's a fast man, and I just hope that anybody out there who needs cannabis for medicine can still get their medicine and still don't stress about this shit too much, but just be cautious, man. It's not as if you we're all off the hook yet. That's not the case. You know, they can still fucking bend you over and fuck you if they wanted to, because this is the UK motherfucker. And as I've said before, you can't spell fucked without UK. What, <laughs> what we're saying next. So, uh, Mark, uh, Marge, you want to cover one of your news stories now? Cause you have two this week. So hit one of yours first and then we'll do another one in a bit. Yeah, sure. I'll start with the Stratcan story. And this one is uh, about the Canadian illicit market. Illicit cannabis market continues to exploit Interact in Canada Canada Post. 
Uh, and basically, it's a pretty it's a pretty in depth story actually about how the illicit market is still flourishing, I guess, uh, despite our legal system that we have. So Canada's regulated cannabis market operates under significant scrutiny and delivers meaningful tax revenue to federal and provincial coffers. However, that's not the case with the illicit market, where they aren't subject to the same tax regimes, regulatory oversight is non-existent, and products are easily bought via Interact, e-transfer, and delivered by Canada Post. Now, are you all familiar with what Interact is? It's basically like you can transfer money from one bank account to another. No, I don't know what no. that is. No, it's just think, the Canada thing, I suppose. Yeah, TG had mentioned it before when we were doing some stuff like that. But yeah, yeah I'm not, not really familiar with that, but yeah. We've had it here for a long time, actually. Like, uh, it's a really handy service. Uh, I was always surprised that they didn't have that kind of thing in the states. But, but I guess because the banking, we have a pretty small banking system. There's like five major banks, then some mm -hmm. credit and stuff like that. But essentially, me, I could send via my bank uh, e-transfer, which is basically I can send money to another account holder at any bank in Canada. And it's really easy. It's really convenient. And it's free. And so that's basically how these illicit um, websites operate because they don't usually use traditional payment systems because obviously, you know, your Shopify's of the world aren't going to allow them to operate. But if you want to go buy a bag of weed off some legacy market dispensary, then you just go online, you send them an e-transfer with your order number and they ship it to you via Canada Post. And of course, it just brings up sort of an interesting quandary here, I suppose, because we've had the legal market now for, I think we're going on five years, and it's obviously highly regulated, very expensive to get into the legal market, but you mm -hmm. still have all these online dispensaries that sort of just do whatever they want. There's no childproof packaging. There's no limits to how much you can order. The edibles are definitely not 10 milligrams <laughs> per package. <laughs> they are good ones. Good ones. They're, yeah, they're high. Well, I mean, they might be 10 milligrams per gummy, but then you can buy a package of 30 or something, right? Like, yeah. 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 So also I have found personally, because I've visited a few of these that a lot of them will also sell, most of them also sell mushrooms now too. So you can buy mushrooms and LSD pretty easily as well. And they're just, uh, I, I'm just curious about what you all think about that. Because I mean, part of me still feels like there's problems with the legal market here in Canada, but they don't really do much about these illegal dispensaries and you know like they said there's really no oversight anybody can go on and you have a yeah, bank it's, account it's like money. yeah it's difficult man it's like i like capitalism to some extent i think that uh capitalism when it's done properly is a decent system it's just this crony capitalism we have now that is the problem that, which uh why things mm -hmm. are going a bit fucked up but I, I do think that if you just let the market do its thing with as little regulation as possible things will balance itself out and become smooth eventually and you know the only regulations i think that uh should be on cannabis is make sure it's safe for the consumer to make sure that there's no mold in it and shit like that and make sure right. that children can't get it or you know minors people under the age of 18 shouldn't be able to get it you know for adult use if it's for medical use that's a different story but still you know you just have to let the market do its thing and it will work itself out man it has and done for so long before the right. government started interfering. And that is one thing that's sort of interesting that you bring up because obviously the, you know, selling moldy weed, if you're buying from an illicit dispensary or an illegal dispensary, are they really worrying about, you know, that? Yeah, I think they will still worry about it because if it gets yeah. out, but 
that this person here got some moldy weed from us. They'll tell their friends, they'll leave a review on the website and it will affect right. their business. People don't want their exactly. business to be affected. And if that happens numerous times and they get a reputation for always having moldy weed, loads of people are going to stop buying from them. That affects the bottom line. And then they go out of business eventually. But the companies mm -hmm. that always give out the good shit that you can rely right. on, but always have the good shit, people are going to go there. And that's how it, capitalism works. You know, the consumer runs the market, man. Right. And I do tend I do tend to agree with that, too, because obviously it might also force the legal market to improve its regulations, mm -hmm. to make it, you know, even the playing field a little bit. So that there isn't such a need for these legacy market mm -hmm. dispensaries. Um, I guess the one thing they're also mentioning in this particular article, too, is that some of these illegal operations could be tied to organized crime. There yeah. is still, mm -hmm. you know, biker gangs and stuff like that in Canada that. I don't know if they just said specifically biker gangs or not, but some organized. <laughs> it's them damn truckers. <laughs> you know, there's another yeah. flag, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, if they maybe improved, you know, made it so that people could buy gummies that were higher than 10 milligrams a package. Cause I went to the, I went to a legal dispensary last week and I bought what ended up being a total of 50 milligrams of, of cannabis, edible cannabis. And it came to almost 50 bucks and I bought them for like review purposes or whatever, but Damn. you know, it was wow. like $47 after tax because each, pa it was like five packages and that was the total. And that's like, that's expensive. That's pretty expensive. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like right there that the uh, regulations are putting the legal, legal dispensaries out of the business there, as far as the edibles go. I think what was that? Um, there were some statistics we did. I think the legal dispensaries were selling somewhere around 3% of Canada's edibles because of the regulations or something. It was ridiculously low. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the caps on, obviously, the, we've talked about this so many times, the caps on milligrams is the one of their biggest hurdles. And also mm -hmm. a lot of them aren't all that exciting. And they're expensive. You know, oh, I, yeah. can make, I can make a lot of edibles for 50 bucks. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so especially if it's your own and you make yeah. it on your own. Yeah, if you're doing your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just thought it was an interesting article that just sort of was pointing out some interesting things that the these online dispensaries are well, they've been around forever. I mean, they were around long before legalization came along, but the the legal industry has made it so difficult for some of these players to get into the legal market that they probably mm -hmm. also don't have a choice. Cause I do know a couple of these online dispensaries. Uh, there's one that I've used before that TG recommended and he knows the guys and they're like, you know, growing their own weed and it's definitely nothing to do with any kind of organized crime or anything. You know, they're just trying to earn a living just like everybody else, but mm -hmm. it's probably out of the question to get into the legal market. Cause it's so goddamn expensive. Yeah. Too expensive, man. Too many, too many uh, fees you have to pay. Too many hoops to jump through to get there. You know, I mean, the hoops that are on fire, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's, got, it's, a, it's an absolute piss take, man, the way cannabis is treated. But uh, I think right. eventually things will fix up and, uh, well, I, I don't even know about that. Just, some days I do think about this open, other days I think about this non. That's just the way it goes. It's a joke, man. Look. They've created and they've created the market themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, yeah. once you start throwing in all the extras, someone's going to come through and go, "Oh well, I can't do that." And then other people are like, "I can't afford that." So see, there's there's a hole in the market. Someone's going to fill it. It's they forget that for the last seventy odd years, they have had no involvement in the cannabis market, and it is functioning fine. <laughs> you know, it is like there's very um, there's a drought over Christmas time. 
because loads of people are buying up weed, so they can't get get any weed because it's all been sold out. Because the the uh, occasional smokers are all getting some weed for their Christmas break and shit, you know. But other than that, there seems to be a constant supply of cannabis, especially here in the UK. It's still illegal, but if you want it, five minutes away from it, mm-hmm. it's it's just so, they can't win this. Illegal or decriminal, like it's just ridiculous. People want it; they're going to buy it. They're going to mm-hmm. find a way to mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And that applies to everything, not just cannabis. It applied to alcohol during the alcohol prohibition stages. And then we got yep. people like right. Al Capone. You know, it applies to cocaine. It applies to heroin. It applies to MDMA pills. It applies to them all, man. If you make it illegal, the people who want it are still going to fucking get it. It's just not going to be safe for them to get. Right. You know? Yeah, we need a government that isn't so far up their own ass that they can't see sense. You know, we need a proper drug reform, man. Like real drug reform, stuff that actually makes a difference and is beneficial to the people who use these drugs, and it, it and it reduces heart, it reduces what's the um what's the word they use for the Teesside Cannabis Club? Right? It's harm reduction, isn't it? That's that's what they want to be yeah. looking for, mm-hmm. harm reduction. That mm-hmm. should be the whole part of it, man. That's what we should be trying to get out of all of this. But it's not. It's causing more trouble than it's worth. It's making things worse for everybody. You know, right. take this pill. I swear, there's no fence on it in it. I swear. <laughs> I promise. God damn. But yes, I hope things start heading in the right direction for you guys in Canada. I mean, I know you, it seems look from the outside that we that Canada is ahead of the curve and they're doing really well, but there is still lots of regulatory problems out there, aren't there? Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a new industry too, so it's going to mm-hmm. take some time. But it's it is interesting because there's one section of this article where he talks about this uh, guy who's part of the Ca- uh, Cannabis Council of Canada which is a represent a uh, group that represents the Canada's licensed cultivators and processors. And he's talking about how the fees that they have to pay to the banking uh, banking fees they have to pay for the credit union that handles their services is about 2750 a year, which is like a hundred bucks a month. And he's mm-hmm. like, we don't even touch or sell cannabis. We're just like a, a repre- an industry association. And he's like other 2750 a week then. Well, two thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars a year. Right. So, so about a hundred bucks a month. Just a couple of hundred bucks, bank. right? Yeah, probably actually. Yeah, I don't know where he gets a hundred bucks a month. He was a little off. He's smoking but... too much weed, he can't even do maths <laughs> anymore. What but he says, he says that most other people are paying at least four thousand dollars a year. And if they have multiple locate retail locations, they get dinged more because of the type of industry that it is. But you can go if you're a customer. A member of that credit union, you could go on to any online dispensary and use your Interact e-transfer and send somebody, you know, money and get weed sent to you in the mail. And yet mm. they're charging these kinds of fees to like cannabis retailers, legal cannabis retailers. It's kind of backwards. It is. Welcome yeah. to the government. Right. <laughs> but speaking of government, Bubble Hawk has some from government, right? Uh, yes and no, um, but mainly yes. Okay. So <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I suppose a, a little bit of backstory. So we we had our election, as you know, our state election in New South Wales. Um, and recently, so the, the way it all works is you, you know, everybody went out and, and voted and did their thing and then... Um, they go through all the counts and then they, for their upper house, they go through the main counts um, of your, your first preferences 
and then they'll do they they wait a couple of weeks and they press a button and it um apparently disperses secondary preferences out and then that way they can work out who does and doesn't get a seat in the upper house so legalized cannabis managed to score a seat in the upper house so we as i don't know if i'd mentioned it but we now have um some in wa uh, Victoria and here in New South Wales. So we've um so you know legalized cannabis is on the move. But since they got um since they got in, uh obviously, you know, they've been pushing hard to to try and get an idea on where the new the, the current government now stands because we you know we've we've now got a new Labour government in. Um so and they've they've managed to drag up a little bit of uh, a little bit of dirt on the the current um, incumbent. So, uh, New South Wales Premier Chris Minns passionately argued for the legalisation of cannabis while Labor was in opposition, arguing that ending the prohibition of the drug would make it safer, less potent, and less criminal. So in 2019, then Shadow Transport Minister told a gathering of party members in favour of drug law reform, it was time for Labor to have a big debate that includes a commitment to legalising this drug. Now, this is the current Premier. So he's just been voted in, and this is things he was saying, what, four years ago? Um, so in a written copy of a speech circulated by Minns at the time and obtained by the Sydney Morning Herald, the now Premier argued legalisation of cannabis was preferable to decriminalisation, saying the former would allow New South Wales to regulate the drug. While legalisation would make it easier to control, decriminalisation would allow the state, well, I would not, sorry, allow the state to regulate and control its manufacturing or distribution, he said. This means we would be left with the illegal market, the criminal control of the substance and with the dangerous toxicity levels associated with the manipulation of THC levels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where they get, like, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's starting to make sense, and we've lost him. Mind-altering like, <laughs> super scum. Yeah. Mm. Um, so the bottom line is that we can't make it go away, but we can make it safer, less potent, and less criminal without rewarding bikies and organised crime groups that feed off the black market nature of the drug. Cannabis legalisation is likely to Sorry, without a... rewarding bikies. <laughs> yeah. What kind of language yeah. is this? God damn. Well, because that's what they call um, motorcycle clubs. Yeah, yeah the, you know, we call them bikers in... here in the UK. You know, just a little bikers, difference in yeah. word there. But yeah. it's just damn, it's, it's so close to pikers, you know? Remember from Snatch? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But kind of Do you like dags? Do you like dags? <laughs> Sorry. No, you're right. Uh, where was I? Uh, there we go. Cannabis legalisation is likely to become a key issue in the new term of parliament following the election of the legalised cannabis party's Jeremy Buckingham to the state's upper house. With the upper house count to be confirmed on Wednesday, Buckingham, a former New South Wales Greens MP, has almost certainly garnered enough to vote uh, of, of the vote to join the powerful upper house crossbench. Buckingham told the Herald that a bill to legalise cannabis, uh, legalise the cannabis industry in New South Wales would be one of the two immediate priorities for the party, along with reforms to drug driving laws to ensure people with a legal prescription for medicinal cannabis aren't discriminated against. What we're keen to do through the parliament and through the committee process is to investigate the realities of the existing cannabis industry, he said. 
there's this failure by politicians to recognise that there is already, already a massive recreational cannabis industry in New South Wales and Australia worth billions that is unregulated and undiminished by laws around prohibition. We need to... <laughs> We need to come to understand what the industry looks like and what the benefits could be if we were to bring it out of the shadows and into the light in terms of regulation. Uh, Min's comments in 2019 come despite ruling out decriminalisation during a debate in the lead-up to the state election last month. In a statement on Tuesday, a spokesperson for the Premier said his comments in 2019 were made well before prescriptions for medical cannabis were as widely available as they are today. Bullshit. Um, I've got. How no dare problem. you insinuate your government is lying to you, Bubble Huck? God, yeah, another one. <laughs> Have some <laughs> faith in them. Gosh, <laughs> uh, I've got no problem saying cannabis is bad for your health. However, there are many things bad for your health the state doesn't ban. This is Chris Minns in 2019. Uh, the spokesman. The spokesman pointed out that in 2018, fewer than 3,000 prescriptions for medicinal cannabis were distributed, compared to 120,000 in 2022. In light of that, the views of the Premier have changed, the spokesperson said. There is no proposal to introduce new laws. But while his speech did criticise the then regulation of medicinal marijuana in New South Wales, Minns argued in favour of a broader legislation of the drug for recreational use. Uh, he said that prohibition had incentivized harmful manipulation of cannabis and that legalizing it would allow the state to both regulate its content and reap the economic benefits of its sale. So the, he said in 2019, I've got no problem saying cannabis is bad for your health, however. So he was on like the uh, the pro-cannabis side and now he switched sides, is he? Yeah, so I, I honestly, yeah, he's, the, the thing is, is it's, he was, and probably still is pro-cannabis. But, but but they have the video of him and the pig, you know. What I'm saying? This, yeah, this is, I think I think he's under the assumption they don't. Um, so I think he's it's at, at this point he's kind of, you know, my views may have changed to align with the party because I'm now in the lead, if you know what I mean. So I'm I'm the I'm at the head of government now, so I can't openly say, yeah, I'm all good with it because they'll release without, the video of the pig. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, because and it's because it's not in line with what the party has been saying for however long it's been saying it. So, um, so, yeah. so you mean it's another spineless politician? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, don't yes. say that. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, so it's not good for you. You probably shouldn't do it. I've got no problem saying to the community that it is risky and bad for your health. However. There are many things that are bad for your health. The state does not ban, he said at the time. Uh, the truth is, perhaps counterintuitively, that the prohibition of the drug has led to its more damaging manipulation. Prohibition means that illegal actors must make the drug stronger and more potent in order to have more product in a smaller space, which oh. in turn equals more profit for the dealer who is taking the risk. If we were to legalize it, regulate it, and control it, minimum controls could be placed on the sale of the drug to the marketplace. We can therefore restrict the level of THC manipulation and insist a certain percentage of CBD be included within the chemicals contained within the drug. Yes, I agree with him on most of that bit there, but with the THC manipulation, it's like, no, leave it the fuck alone, man. Some people are yeah. going to want the strong stuff, some people ain't. Let the market do its thing and let the people decide. 
simple right? exactly um so thc is a reference to tetrahydrocannabinol the substance primarily prime, primarily responsible for the intoxicating effect of marijuana cbd is another chemical compound unique to cannabis but is not intoxicating uh, mins gave the speech to oh, okay mins gave the speech during an event for new south wales labor for drug law reform at parliament house in sydney Two senior members of Labor's new ministry, Transport Minister Joe Halen and Housing Minister Rose Jackson, were both patrons of the group during the last parliament. Jackson, in particular, has been a long uh, has long been a vocal advocate for legalising the drug. In her maiden speech to Parliament, she said, "You cannot believe alcohol and cigarettes should be legal and not marijuana. There is no evidence to suggest it is more dangerous or addictive than those other substances." She said during the speech in 2019. Mm. That's good. She's we a female shouldn't. politician, so far less likely to have a video of a pig. And they cap it off with, we should listen to the evidence that is overwhelming and legalise marijuana in New South Wales. So, look, what I take from this is he, as again, whilst he said it back then and he's sort of changed his tone a little now, I really don't think his overall stance has changed. I just think that he's he the narrative has had to change for him to get to where he's at. Yeah. So so he to, has to lie to, in order to get to his position. This is the problem with politicians, man. They're just full of shit. They just say what they have to thing. say to get to the position they need to get to, and then nothing will change anyway. Um, but on on the other hand, and it didn't really mention it um, in there. He has already said that they're going to do a drug summit. So he's already committed to a drug summit and that the and that they will act on recommendations put forward by that summit. So having uh the legalized cannabis party now in parliament and being that Labor don't have the majority government, they right. need the cross bench to pass laws. So right. So this is where the legalized cannabis party can come and be like, look, I'll be your friend if you do this for me. Correct. So I think that's, I think it's going to be one of those things where it'll just be sort of pushing a few of these people over the edge to get them to finally do it. Um, but, and I think it, at this point in, you know, in our history, we are closest uh, to, to getting this done than we've ever been before. Mm. But there, you know, as with everything, there's going to be people on the opposite side that are going to kick and scream and carry on until their very last breath about it. So Fingers crossed that um, something happens and we and we get some movement on it. But um, at this stage, uh, they're still fighting it. So right. Well, yeah, progress. Maybe we'll see what happens in it. <laughs> but uh, Monkey has some interesting news coming out of the UK, which can also be seen as good news, but it's slightly confusing too. Yeah, slightly confusing, but it is. Uh, I, I look at it as, as somewhat good news. Is that the police are giving out free weed vapes? Sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure does. And how do I cry one of these? Well, you just need to give us your name and address, the date exactly. of birth. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's a little bit different than that, but it, it you know it, it's good news. Working alongside medicinal weed advocacy group CanCard, the forces are trialing a new scheme to reduce the smell of cannabis and social housing. So yeah. multiple multiple police forces in the UK are trialing a scheme where they give out weed vapes to medicinal cannabis users to reduce the smell in social housing, according to uh, CanCard, an advocacy group who provided weed 
medical weed users with an ID card recognized by police and a helpline for police used to validate the cannabis prescriptions during a stop or in a search, which all are behind this scheme. The problem with weed is that like any other drug with a possible exception, exception of methadone, the smell lingers like clouds on a mountaintop. They're sometimes called complaints into social housing. We are currently trialing an inhaler scheme with a few forces in the UK, CanCard founder Carly Barton told The Face. If a CanCard patient is causing a smell complaint and the police have to come and access, they have, they have access to a free stock of medical inhalers so that an intervention could be made without criminalization or affecting the vulnerable per person's tendency. So this is great. The space, instead of arresting this person and harassing them, they basically given them a vaporizer. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like Sparky said in the chat here, but then we will turn you into the social services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's well, why they keep referring to it as a scheme. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then just, just to point out here as well, everybody, I haven't put the news article on screen because it's fucking dire i don't understand have a look at this on the screen now look, look. it's red what, what's yeah. with the red font i don't know what the it, actual it, fuck is going on man i copied and pasted it to a black font so i can actually read it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah that's bad yeah you know come on the face come on man he <laughs> gotta sort that out just saying yeah sorry monkey well, Listen, okay, the police, uh, the police taking part in the scheme can can deal with more serious crimes rather than ferrying themselves back and forth to mediate between sick patients and people who need cannabis and their neighbors who are pissed off about the smell. Currently, CanCard has around 75,000 members. Since the company was founded in 2020, they have prevented the eviction of almost 300 people who live in social housing through mediation activities. With their free vape scheme, their hopes to, to streamline the process. Smell complaints from neighbors and housing providers is one of the main things that they receive calls on on their helpline, which takes up to 100 calls a day. Can you imagine 100 people calling a day saying you have uh, somebody smoking weed? Yeah, That's but ridiculous. fucking 25 of them is going to be one woman, one Karen. Dude, I might never smoke that weed again. You're probably right. Help, it's giving mm -hmm. me psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> Well, smoking weed in your house reeks. There isn't much. Uh, there isn't much getting around that. With vaping, though, it's a different story. The helpful thing about using a dry herb vaporizer is the smell evaporates very quickly and does not linger. Barton explained. It also no. doesn't travel as far as smoke does, so neighbors' complaints often stop when they make this intervention. With dry herb vapes, medicated patients and their neighbors can coexist blissfully without passive aggressive notes or bitchy comments in the Facebook groups. Now, you guys all use vapes. I think that there is a lower smell, but I'm not gonna say no smell with a vape. Yeah, I would agree because my partner certainly, well, he, he'll complain sometimes because I, I dry her vape inside. Mm -hmm. But it, like, I, I would say it's definitely way, way more minimal than a smoking a joint. I wouldn't smoke a joint in my house, but I use my mm -hmm. vape inside mm -hmm. all the time. Right. Now, I know my uh, my wife complains mostly if I'm cleaning out the uh, the used uh, herb. She said that that smells. So I actually jar it up and, and seal it so that you don't have that odor, though. But I, mm. I don't find much of a smell from it, uh, with the exception maybe of a couple of strains. If it's just sitting there, uh, sitting on, on the countertop, I don't really notice much odor from them. I would say it's pretty minimal and it does dissipate faster, too. Like like a joint, it does hang in the air. Mm -hmm. 
Now, it's I would also though. say, though, uh, with, with a joint, though, it, it's a joint, even if you're smoking it in your house, I think sticks less than cigarettes. Oh, yeah. No, it just smells better than cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, maybe that's it then. Yeah. Are they given, are they given away um, nicotine vapes to the smokers? Is that a thing? I don't really know. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, that's it's a fast, question. man. It's a good fucking point, Bob Like I said before many times on the show, my neighbours will sit in their back garden, smoke their fucking embassy number one or whatever the fucking filth it is, and it pours into my living room windows, and I can't do anything about it other than close my windows. And, you know, right. summer's coming. It's going to be warm. I'm going to have my windows open, and my house will stink like cigarettes. We don't smoke. You know, well, yeah, if you had a, if you had like a vape, a nicotine vape, it could smell like blueberries or cotton candy. Oh yeah, that that, <laughs> that weird fake terpene smell. I know. But you, you know, know, even yeah. then though, I'd probably smell it, be reminded that it's him, the cunt. Sorry, my language. And then I'd be angry anyway. <laughs> like, oh, that blueberry's nice. Yeah, but it's him, the prick. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's not sharing any of that. Oh. Stuff with me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it says, of course, uh, can, uh, Cancar promotes the use of vaping and medical cannabis as opposed to smoking it because it's more healthy for patients. While smoking cannabis is much safer than tobacco, the smoke from cannabis still contain, contains cancer-causing toxins. Vapor does not contain the carbon monoxide and is much healthier for the patient's respiratory system. Medical-grade weed vapes are expensive. A volcano by Stortz and Bickle, for instance, costs around 400 pounds. Now, that's probably for the low-grade, low-line volcano. I was going to say, that's cheap. Where are they getting that from? I want one of them. <laughs> that's, the older, that's the older volcano. I mean, I think you might get a mighty for that, but on a volcano, who knows? Mm -hmm. you know? And when you consider the hefty cost of legal weed, which is only available by prescription in the UK, you can appreciate how people are struggling with the price. Man, I mean, you've got to put, what is it, like 30 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds a gram? So no, you can get you... 10 grams for 50 pound up from the UK for uh, oh. flour. Yeah. Then I still do. You, can you afford buying a $400 vaporizer for that? Though, is what they're asking here, you know? Mm -hmm. is it, but while the cost is one issue, ignorance of the law is another. Polling suggests up to 84% of the general public in the UK don't know that medical cannabis is legal in the UK. Wow. 84%. Wow. 84. They're yeah, telling nobody, wild. man. It's crazy. The only yeah. people they tell are like the social services, isn't it? This next one is pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah, Barton says the curtain twitchers who are ringing the police to report their neighbors likely don't know that they're what they are reporting is not a crime. The curtain curtain twitchers, though. That's yeah, I was gonna say, what a term. Yeah, <laughs> do you not have that term in there? Well, I suppose we all live on top of each other pretty much in the UK, and you know, yeah, curtain twitchers are a real thing, man. You'll drive I'm up really to the front of your house, <laughs> neighbors will be twitching fucking curtains. Who's that outside? Are they right. smoking sure that they devil cannabis? Everywhere. But I've never heard that specific term, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, little, the little peekers out the yeah. blinds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that stuff. Sticky beaks is usually what we <laughs> Who remembers that? Did anybody get Harry Enfield and Chums? Remember? My name is Michael Payne, and I'm a nosy neighbor. There's <laughs> 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 some good skits, man. Check that out on YouTube, everybody. Uh, Barton adds campaigns by organizations such as End Our Pain and I Am Billy have highlighted the devastating effects of lack of access as on children, but we still have a way to go until everyday person in the UK is aware that medical cannabis is legal for adults too. Well, that's mm. that's a hell of a statement right there, you know. Mm. Legal I mean, for what? So, so they're running around just like, oh no, it's just for the children. The adults can't. That's just nuts, isn't it? <laughs> uh -huh. At the moment, there are there is no government or home office training offered to police councils, 
for them to learn about the law surrounding the emerging legal cannabis landscape in the UK. This gap is only, only filled by Canacard right now, but more public funding on this could prove cost effective. It cost 449 pounds to deal with, with a case of simple cannabis possession. Now, if somebody calls for odor, that's what's costing them $449, 449 pounds to send an officer out there and tell them everything's fine. So we have, by doing this intervention program, they have saved 1,447,576 pounds of public spending. Not too shabby for a cost of living crisis. It'd save them more well, if they just tried to charge the person making the phone call. And they went, look, oh, yeah, you know what? We'll, like we'll, come, we'll come out and we'll assess what's going on, but it'll cost you 400 pounds. Watch right. how little how little calls they get after that. There'd be no calls. <laughs> yeah. I just did a quick math. It's like, okay, so uh, uh, the volcano costs you 400 pounds and it's costing you 449 pounds to send an officer out there. Just mail a guy a volcano. Don't even send a guy, anybody out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be done with it. You could so, mail the guy the volcano and send a message to the um, to the curtain twitcher. You know, you send it. <laughs> And just be like, we've we've assessed the problem. We've sent them a device. It's going to be yeah. okay. Don't exactly. call us again. No, I'm going to my neighbors fucking call call on me, bro. That's yeah. what I'm thinking, man. I want to use another one. Yeah, no problem. The missus needs a volcano. That's it. Yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> yeah, how do I participate? Exactly. No, I like the idea, though, of actually trying to help people instead of punishing people that mm -hmm. way, though. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really sure if giving away vapes is going to be uh, feasibly economically long term, but. I'm all for helping people out if you can. Well, at least they're coming up with like some kind of solution, like you said, instead of penalizing people. Right. But where are they getting the vapes from? The article didn't say that. It also didn't say what kind of vapes they are or anything like that. I'm assuming they're some of the lower end vapes. I mean, we had a meeting with Ali Bongo recently, and he was talking about there's a low grade consumer vape for under 100, 100 pounds that he says it's fairly fairly good and reliable. So I'm assuming those are the kind of things that they're using. You know what this Not reminds me of? And I don't know if you know about this, but there was this one thing, it was like in the 80s or something, where the police wanted to arrest everybody with an outstanding warrant. So they sent out like uh, mm. an invite to everybody, like yeah. come to this Las Vegas venue because you have yeah. won this awesome prize. And they sent it out yeah. to all these people with the warrants and loads of them fucking showed up. And then there was all arrested and prosecuted according to which <laughs> they had on their warrant, man. And this is what they're yeah. trying to do. Like, yeah, come on, cannabis users. Come to the police station and pick up your free cannabis. You know, <laughs> it's like the rusty van outside your house. Free candy, kids. You know, it's like, I, I don't think this is safe, everybody. Avoid it. No, no. But, you know, if I had a legal prescription and a can card and everything in my hands, I, I would probably be tempted to walk in the police station and say, hey, where's my free vape? <laughs> right. Mm, I'd still be skeptical, Tem man. Yeah, tempted. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm tempted. <laughs> I'll let you go in first, bro. And if it works out for you, I'll go in after. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it. The old is a shark coming. Give me your old mate a stab, mm -hmm. and then you swim away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we'll give the first guy a vape. When the other guys come in, we'll arrest them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we do have one more news article which we should quickly cover, which was sent in by a listener. Would you like to <laughs> yeah. read your final news story here? Yes, I will. And it's a it's a cool story coming out of beautiful British Columbia in Canada. UBC students construct one of Canada's first carbon minimal hempcrete hempcrete buildings. And essentially, this is a project where the University of British Columbia 
uh, decided that they were going to build like a student, where is it here? A student space. And they used Hempcrete to do it. So the project's architecture lead field guided a team of 60 university students from across a bunch of different disciplines. And they raised $1.85 million to build this Hempcrete, Hempcrete building on campus from plans to plaster. And they did it within two years. And it sounds like it's already, it's now open. Two years? But aren't they yeah. lazy stoners? Well, <laughs> I think that's been disproved before, but if it hasn't, then this article should provide further proof that the lazy stoner stereotype is incorrect. Uh, construction workers are putting the final touches on the building just this week. The 222 square meter building called the Third Space Commons is one of Canada's first such institutional spaces designed to be a near zero carbon and features a seminar area and meeting room and kitchen. So they Damn, that's a lot of hempcrete. That seems like a yeah, it's a decent sized building, building, man. Yeah, I wish they'd put more pictures of the building itself in this article, but it appears that they did not. But basically, she said the students mixed the hempcrete in a drum, bringing it to the consistency of oatmeal, and then they used buckets to pour it into the two by four wood frame. The hemp fiber remains visible inside the building, creating a decorative effect on the wall. Although nice. Phil said they were putting a layer of plaster over the lower portion for protection. Hempcrete captures carbon from the atmosphere as it sets and eventually turns into a concrete-like material. Mm -hmm. The difference between concrete and hempcrete is pretty distinct. Hempcrete uses agricultural byproducts, so it's a biocomposite. And I guess that makes it far more environmentally friendly. Uh, let's see what else they say here. I think generally speaking, the entire building had like a really low carbon footprint. And that was one of the reasons why they decided to go with the hempcrete versus other possible building materials. And yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the essence that they managed to pull this off mm -hmm. within two years. They raised almost $2 million spearheaded by a bunch of students at, out at the university. And it's also going to be giving a lot of, um, press for the idea of using hempcrete as a viable alternative to concrete or other building materials as well mm -hmm. and it's really fireproof as well isn't it? it's uh it's resistant yeah. to uh, it can go to some ridiculously high temperatures before it gets uh set on fire so this is another good thing about hempcrete there's just loads of good things about this shit from what i've seen so far and maybe it's the uh building material of the future cheap to make you know grows fast renewable right. That's what they're touting it as here. Mm -hmm. They've um, it's it's been a big thing down here. They've been talking about, uh, and they even did a video where they got you know those little butane burners. So they got one of those and they set it up in front of the brick mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. turned it on. And they left it like full blown like naked flame to the side of this brick for hours and nothing didn't didn't um, light it up. A little red spot on it. So they they're talking that. Um, whilst it or, or does all of these things with the carbon and everything it's also a good thing for areas that are prone to bushfires because mm -hmm. being that it's um mm -hmm. it's a safer and and fireproof uh once it's set it's fireproof so right it says here because oh sorry go ahead i interrupted no no no. i was just gonna say they they built a couple of houses down here with it as well so um but obviously this sounds like it's the the first one to be used in a um in a big common building sort of thing Right, because this is the little paragraph I was looking for, is that hempcrete 
take several weeks or months to cure compared with curing time, a curing time of days or weeks for concrete, but it comes with the advantages of being highly insulating, fireproof, and zero carbon. So not only mm-hmm. is it fireproof, just like you mentioned, Bubble Hawk, but it's insulating, which is good. I mean, BC is not as cold as other parts of Canada, but it can get pretty freaking cold here. And of course, the environmental, low environmental impact as well. So what can, what, is there anything that cannabis cannot do? That is the question. Yeah, it, it yeah, is. Apparently it legalize itself. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. It can it be a politician? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, maybe there are a few limitations, but not many. Not many. It's definitely easier to list the things that it can do compared to the things it can't. It's crazy. Mm. And it's all, all the time as well. New shit comes out. And like, oh, cannabis can do this now. It's like for years, and we've joked about it a couple of times so far on the show, for years they tell you about this mind-altering super skunk cannabis will uh, give you psychosis. But a few weeks ago we reported how, no, it's the other way. It stops psychosis. So, you know, it's there's always new things coming out when they discover these things that cannabis can do. And it's not mm. going to end anytime soon. There's lots more left to discover yet when we start looking at these terpenes a little bit more, I think. Well, very the, only, the only thing the only thing that pisses me off about the whole thing about them discovering new uses is that three quarters of these new uses i'm using fingers every time i yeah, say this yeah, yeah, I get mm-hmm. it. um three quarters of these new uses were commonplace a mm-hmm. hundred hundred or so years right. ago like yeah. we were yeah. using it for all this stuff and there was only you know and then they decided not to because of whatever reason and you know, well, prohibition, and, pretty much, I imagine. I mean, like you said, yeah. I think hempcrete's been around for a long time. And they were using mm. it in sails and ropes and all kinds of stuff. That's but it. In lamp oils and all sorts. Yeah. It reminded me of the Trader Park Boys the other day. Uh, Julian's growing weed in it, and he's, some girl has seen it in his trailer. And he's like, yeah, it's industrial hemp. I'll make a rope. <laughs> like, That's a fucking good idea. <laughs> I'm growing rope. You know, I'll make rope. <laughs> nice we have some good news some bad news you know some in the middle news but uh yeah fun session all the same i hope everybody enjoyed the news there we've got some forum news which we'll quickly get to before we move on to the 420 break here uh michael p the youtube member uh won the hlg 100 aspect on the 420 stream the other day still hasn't got in touch with me so we're going to give you one week if this time next week on the show you haven't got in touch with me then we're just going to do the uh, we'll do a fucking uh, a snail race, okay? <laughs> okay, everybody, we'll do a snail race. Whoever's in the chat here next week on Sunday, we might give away our lights if Michael P doesn't get in touch. But don't get your hopes up because he might get in touch yet. But I just let you all know that's what will happen. Uh, the four twenty stream. Lots of people are not getting in touch because many of them who won are not members or regular listeners. Because it's four twenty and it's a four twenty stream. You know how it is, everybody. Lots of people are like just going around wherever they can try and win things. They they want to get involved with competitions, which is fine. It's four twenty, but uh, as a result, prizes were won and haven't been claimed yet. So if they don't claim, then anybody who won a prize on four twenty need to get in touch with us. You need to get over to percyscoreroom Contact me or contact Monkey, and we'll be able to sort you out with uh, the prizes that you've won. But if you don't come and get them in a week, this time next week, then we're just going to do another competition and give them out to somebody else. Okay. Uh, still lots of work going on with the forum, you know, moving old posts, putting up new sections, just uh, giving the place a good cleanup. And there's lots of stuff there to clean, so it's taking a while. But, you know, these things do take time. But it's it's moving on nicely, looking nice, got some new sections. Got some new threads, 
uh, and shit like that. You know, got the mentor section. And this is the last bit of news here. We are doing the mentor program now over mentor program now over at Percy's where new members can or new growers can start a grow diary and ask for a mentor. And we have mentors now who will be able to guide you step by step, like take you under the wing as their student and guide you step by step through the whole grow. Sorry, March. I said that's really cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice idea. It's just, it's a lot of work, man, because often when you're mentoring somebody, they might not listen and, you know, <laughs> you, you get fucking frustrated uh, with it, but you're fixing problems which would have been avoided if you just followed the instructions. So, you know, it's important that you follow the instructions that are given to you by your mentor. At any time, the mentor can be like, uh, I can't do this anymore and just leave you. You know, they're there to try and help you. So do listen to your mentor if you have one. But if that sounds interesting to you, if you want to be guided, I am a mentor, Monkey's a mentor. Who else do we have? Sparky, I think. Twisted. Bubble uh, Hawk. Uh, so oh, yeah, we've, got, yeah. uh, we've got a good few mentors over there now. That mentor program will be starting tomorrow, which will be Monday the 24th of April. So uh, if you want a mentor to help you through your growth, then let us know and we'll explain what you have to do. Yeah. Public service announcement. If I'm your mentor and you take the piss out of Vegemite or tell me drop bears aren't real, <laughs> that's even so bad. So I'm bad. Oh, God. Guess God. Bubble Hawk's not going to teach me nothing then. No, I went out. I got, the, I got this fucking Vegemite shit, you know, because we've been talking about it for a while. I saw it in the shop. I was like, no, it's time. I was even while I was in the shop, I took a picture of it and I sent it to Bubble on Instagram. I was like, it's time, bro. I'm doing it. And then the next day I tried it. I did do it <laughs> there and then. But I, I was, you know, the next day came, I was like, I think it's time to try that Vegemite. I fancy a little bit of Vegemite. So I made myself some toast and spread loads of butter on it. And I got a little bit of Vegemite and spread that. I'm like, cool. Smells like Marmite with a hint of wet dog. But that's cool. I'll try it. <laughs> Man, I took, I took a bite and a few chews and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so bad. It's <laughs> it, coming back. It up. tastes like a drop bear is shit in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I had to get rid of it. it. It tasted like it's got a Marmite aftertaste. Like it's it's Marmite. Uh, sorry, it tasted like it's got a mustard aftertaste. So it tastes like Marmite mixed with mustard. It was very bad. It was very bad, man. It was, I would not. And it, it ended up tasting like Jay's fluid, if anybody knows what that is in the UK. <laughs> You know, yeah, Jay's fluid, man. It, it just wasn't good, and I would not try it again. Straight in the bin, that went. God damn. Yes, Stonewolf agrees. Thank you, Stonewolf. On the other side of the coin, see, he's turning on you all. But yeah, Vegemite, terrible. Stonewolf, Don't do it. Stonewolf, Stick to your Marmite, everybody. Stick to your Marmite. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's Annie from Hi Ladies in the chat. Hi, Annie. She said, uh -huh. uh, dated an Aussie. He lived on the ship. Damn, and that's why it's like dated. <laughs> you know, she got rid of him quick. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> <It didn't last. laughs> you uncultured swine. Oh, gosh, it was so bad. <laughs> anyway, for the last bit here, we're on Tuesday. We have an interview with Chris S. Duval. Uh, Duval's research relates to how humans represent and depict their environment as well as human plant interaction. And he has a book called The African Roots of marijuana so and uh it's just going to be a real interesting interview about the evolution of cannabis alongside people over the years man i think it's going to be a very interesting one lots of interesting questions and then on thursday we have the physician and cannabis experts drum roll dr peter grinspoon will be yes, coming back sir. to the show to join hey. us and tell us all about his new book seeing through the smoke so that's going to be very cool as well. I'm looking forward to speaking to Dr. Greenspoon. It's been a while since he's been on the show because he's been very busy writing a book. But now it's done. He's coming on to tell us all about it. So that's going to be very cool.
And there we go, everybody. That was this week's cannabis news and events. Just like every other episode, if you have any news stories you see throughout the week that you would like us to cover on next week's show, then feel free to get in touch. You can email us over at Mackie at highonhomegrown.com. You can contact us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Just search for High on Homegrown. You'll find our page there and you can send us a message if you want to. Uh, you can also obviously find us over at percysgrowroom.com. You can just sign up there, drop a link in one of the threads, or you can email one of the panel members over there as well. It's completely up to you how you get in touch. Just feel free to get in touch if you want you to. Uh, the door's always open, as they say, and we always like to hear from you listeners. So if you want to get in touch, please do. It'll be good to hear from you. But in the meantime, thank you very much, as usual, for downloading and listening to the show. We appreciate every single download, so thank you very much for being here, as usual. We hit 400,000 downloads just last week. On 420 it was as well, so that was super cool. We are on the mission to 500,000 now, which is half a million downloads, which we expect to hit within a few months. But you can make that happen faster by sharing this podcast with your friends. So if you can share with somebody to bring us more listeners, that would be massively appreciated. So please get out there, share the podcast, download episodes, let more people know about it and help our podcast grow. That would be cool. But anyway, we'll catch you on the next one for the interview on Wednesday. Have a good week, stay high, stay safe, and we'll see you then. Goodbye.